Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. I don't, I don't, I, I do support fracking. To be honest here, doing that debate wasn't exactly easy. They're scared to death. Democrats terrified. Vladimir Putin again said today that Ukraine is planning to use a dirty bomb. We've seen no indications of that. He uses our strategic petroleum reserve. Losing emergency stock may become painful. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So what was that last guy talking about? Something was painful? Did he own Facebook stock or (laughs) was he a Democrat? I'll tell you what, uh, the wheels are falling off the cart for liberals. Uh, Welcome in. It is a political trivia Thursday. We'll play in a little bit. Americana is your category. Daily Caller is reporting... CNBC's Jim Cramer pretty much broke down this afternoon while apologizing for being wrong on Meta's stock. Meta is the mothership for Facebook. Shares of Meta, are you ready for this? This afternoon, shares of Meta dropped 24% after the company's third quarter final earnings uh, were pretty bad. Profits for Meta, which owns Facebook, dropped, profits dropped 52% to $4.4 billion, according to the report. Cash flow last year was $9.5 billion. Now it's less than $1 billion. Now, I'd say that's uh, pretty significant. So basically, their cash flow was a tenth of what it was a year ago. Zuckerberg said there's a lot of things going on right now in the business and in the world, and it's so hard to have a simple, we're going to do one thing and it's going to solve all the issues. There are a lot of comp, uh, competition. There are uh, challenges, especially coming from Apple. Then there's some no, uh, some longer-term things that we're taking on because we believe they're going to provide greater returns over time. Kramer said, I had the belief there was a recognition that there is an amount of money you can't spend. And I thought there would be an understanding you just can't spend and spend and spend and spend through f- free cash flow, that there had to be some level of discipline. And I didn't get it, but what did I get wrong? I trusted them, not myself. For that, I am—I have regret. I've been in this business for 40 years, and I did a bad job. I'm not proud. I'm not proud. Interestingly, neither Zuckerberg nor Kramer n- – now, I'm sure there's somewhere out there a talking head that would say what I'm about to say. But I haven't heard anybody bring up the fact that Americans, by and large – have conservative values. Again, I mean, you you wouldn't know that when you look at the mainstream media and when you look at big tech. But by and large, Americans have conservative values. When I say the majority, I'm not saying 99%, but I would say the majority of Americans. And when Zuckerberg does the kind of things he has done over the last two to three to five years, with censoring individuals, putting people in Facebook jail. I mean, somehow he thought he had a monopoly that would never end, that he had the corner on the world. Now, he, I mean, he was in pretty good shape, and he could have, he could have kept a good thing going, but he decided, nope, 
I am the emperor, you are the serfs. When I tell you to jump, you will say how high on the way up. Otherwise, I'll put you on Facebook jail. You know what? People just stop using Facebook. When they found out that Zuckerberg, I mean, how many, listen, even if you believe last year's, last, uh, the, the 2020 election results in the presidential election, even if you believe it, you still have to come to the conclusion that, okay, well, half of America voted for Donald Trump. And it was pretty obvious that Zuckerberg screwed over Donald Trump and Republicans. You know, the, the Zuckerbucks that he decided to put out there, he put them out there so they'd help Democrats. Very obvious. I mean, he didn't even try to hide it. So basically, Republicans at one point were using Facebook too, also. But how many have walked away from it? And, and the other issue too is, you know, when you get sick of something, you just I, you, you, you lose interest in it, even if it's a really interesting gadget. Facebook after a while got boring. Now, I, I will still go. I still have an account. And I will go on their time once in a while because, uh, you know, one of my daughters or my wife will put something in there of interest and I'll go and look at it. But the idea, you know, the days of when you'd go to Facebook four or five times a day to get an update, that's – I go there four or five times a month at this point. And apparently a lot of others have as well. By the way, the Facebook founder's fortune plunged by $11 billion dollars this afternoon just this afternoon although that doesn't look too bad as compared to the fact that he has lost zuckerberg has lost more than 100 billion dollars over the last 13 months his net worth now is 38 billion not chump change but considering a year ago it was 138 billion, I mean, this idea is that that we are in control and things are never going to change. Somehow liberals don't get that. They don't get it in business, and they don't get it in politics. The wheels are falling off the cart for progressives. How bad is it? Democrat national organizations and donors have largely pulled out of Florida ahead of the midterms. This out of the Daily Caller. As Florida becomes a GOP stronghold. Now, what's interesting about this, this has happened in four years under some really good, strong leadership by DeSantis. And whether or not he will be the presidential nominee in 2024, I don't know. But he will be the president if, you know, unless barring something unforeseen that is out of our ability to comprehend happens he will be at some point the presidential candidate for the republican party DeSantis beat former democrat tallahassee mayor andrew gillum by 0.4 percent in the 2018 election which was really interesting because two weeks prior to that election i think they had gillum up in the national polling by four or five percent and uh, DeSantis ended up winning that but DeSantis has done such an incredible job in four years that the Democratic Governors Association spent $685,000 for Christ in this cycle. The last two governor's races, they spent $14 million in each of the races.
685,000. Uh, what does that say? Michael Bloomberg, who spent 1.5 million this cycle previously pledged 100 million to Florida in 2020. What does that tell you? Um, the Democrats see it coming and they're basically throwing in the towel. Now listen, I'm the pendulum swings back and forth. If Republicans don't get in there and do the kind of things that DeSantis has done, if they don't do that in Congress, in the House and the Senate, if the others that are elected from the local level to the state level to the national level, if they don't do the kinds of things that DeSantis has done, if they don't fulfill their promises, then the pendulum will swing back to the Democrats at some point. How far in left field are the liberals? How about the January 6th committee? Efforts by the House committee investigating the January 6, 2021 Capitol incursion wanted to examine the phone records of Arizona Republican Party chairwoman. That has now been stymied by guess who on the Supreme Court? Justice Elena Kagan. I've never been an Elena Kagan fan for more than, well, this is about the only time I've had anything good to say about Elena Kagan. I mean, how bad is it? How far in left field is the January 6th committee? Kagan's order was order was terse, saying, quote, upon consideration of the application of counsel for these applicants, it is ordered that the October 22nd, 2022 order of the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, gives the case number, is hereby stayed pending further order of the undersigned or of the court. Likewise, respondent T-Mobile USA is temporarily enjoined from releasing the records requested by the House Select Committee, Pending further order of the undersigned of this court, it is further ordered that a response to the application be filed before Friday, October the 28th. Kagan was involved because she represents or, or she is the uh, Supreme Court justice that would uh, that Arizona emergency request from Arizona. She would be the one that they would go to. The wards had suited had I'm sorry, had sued to block. Uh, when I say the wards, um, that was uh, the the chairwoman and her husband. They had sued to block access of their phone records after losing their case at the district court level. They appealed, but the U.S. the U.S. Court of Appeals of the Ninth Circuit voted two to one to deny their bid. That prompted the emergency appeal to Kagan. This is an unprecedented case with profound um, precedent implications for the future congressional investigations and political associated rights under the First Amendment. Uh, it is a first-of-a-kind situation. A select committee of the United States dominated by one political party has subpoenaed the personal telephone and text messages and records of a state chair of the rival party relating to one of the most contentious political events in American history. And while this uh, – in the meantime, you've got Christy Lake and you've also got the uh, Senate race out in Arizona. And does anybody trust – this party to not take something? I mean, why are they asking this now? Is it is it part of an October surprise? I mean, they could have asked this a year ago. But uh, bottom line is, this is a kangaroo court. I don't know that Elena Kagan has had a come-to-Jesus moment, but if nothing else, it certainly appears that Elena Kagan, if, if nothing else, she is, she is saying, you know, hold on. This partisan over-the-top 
effort by the January 6th committee, I mean, even she is saying, hold on. Curious. Yesterday, we brought up the fact on yesterday's program that there was a new woman who said she had a decade-long relationship with Georgia GOP Senate hopeful Herschel Walker and said, oh, I got all kinds of evidence. He wanted me to get an abortion back in 93. Herschel Walker said, no, that never happened. It's a lie. And as I mentioned again yesterday, this is so typical of what Democrats do. They did it with Clarence Thomas. They did it. They tried. I mean, they've tried it with all these people. Clarence Thomas, um, Kavanaugh, Trump, and now Herschel Walker. They've done it numerous times. What's interesting about this is Breitbart came out today and say, for those wondering why Democrats released Gloria Allred against Republican U.S. Senate candidate Herschel Walker yesterday, it's due to his surge in the polls. On Wednesday, Breitbart reported that Walker had jumped to his widest lead yet against his opponent, Raphael Warlock, a three-point lead, 47% to 44%. That is nothing compared to the new poll that came out today. On Thursday, today, Rasmussen reports released a poll showing Walker up by five points, 48% to 43%. Now, you can, oh, that's an outlier. Well, it's the second one in a row. It's the second one this week. So what did the Democrats do when they're about to lose an election, especially to a black conservative? They lynch him. Same thing they did with Clarence Thomas. Democrats do what Democrats have been doing for centuries. And I'll say that again. Democrats will do what Democrats have done for centuries. What do they do to black people who defy them? They launch a campaign of personal destruction. Hence, Aldred and the overall crusade by the Democrat Party and corporate media to twist Walker into one of the very worst black stereotypes, the ignorant, scary, sexual predator. It's exactly what they've done. Exactly what they've done. Although, you, do you hear anything about Warlock and all his accusations of his wife that are on video? Overall, the real clear politics polls of polls, Warlock held a three-point lead just two weeks ago. That dropped to a half a point, unless one of the candidates tops 50%. We're looking at a December 5th or December 6th runoff. Uh, Stacey Abrams is getting a schlack, and there won't be a, you don't have to worry about a runoff on that. Uh, at this point, Brian Kemp has jumped to a 10-point lead over the president of the earth, 51% to 41%. Um, Kemp is up nearly seven points uh, in the real clear politics, polls of polls. I mean, that's an average of all the polls they have out there. So on an average of all the polls, he's up by seven points. In the latest poll, he's up 10 points by Rasmussen. Uh, Rasmussen's, Rasmussen's internals are interesting. When asked which party would they prefer to hold Congress, Georgia voters chose the Republican Party by a 10-point margin, 49% to 39%. They also asked about a potential 2024 rematch between Cousin Eddie and Donald Trump. Trump would win in Georgia 47% to 39%. Supposedly, Trump barely lost in Georgia last time. Allegedly, barely lost. This is the worst kind of racism. 
as I said yesterday, do, do I have empirical evidence that Herschel Walker is innocent? No, I don't. But but you have plenty. You have plenty of evidence that this is the typical October dirty, down in the gutter, mud slinging, shame on you, racist. I, I I can't think of any other words that I could say that Clark would have to bleep me if I said them. This is just. Is it, should we be surprised, though? Should we be surprised? I don't think so. we got to take a time out. Lots more to talk about. Political trivia edition. That's what it is today. We'll play in a little bit. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. This is such an evil force undermining our country right now. With the midterms fast approaching. People are panicking when they see that the prices in the supermarket are this high and the gasoline is this high. A lot of people are talking. It's unbelievable what we watch it. This gender tyranny going on is mental capacity is absolutely diminished. It's Marxist destruction of the family. And you're invited to join the conversation. We're a world of hurt in this country. Let your voice be heard this November. Register to vote now at vote.gov from Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome in. It is October the 27th. It's also Cranky Coworker Day. Cranky Coworker Day. Did you hear that, Clark? Get to work. Take a look at your weather forecast. I'm just kidding. I love Clark. Take a look at your weather forecast. A few plenty. <laughs> yeah, that's Clark actually controls everything. I just have a mic, but he has the switch. A few passing clouds tonight, low near 50. Tomorrow, a mix of clouds and sun early, becoming cloudily. Cloudily? More cloudy? More clouds. Later in the day, a high near 68. Considerable cloudiness tomorrow night, a low of 53. Sunshine on Saturday, a high near 67. Partly cloudy skies early will become overcast later during the night, a low of 51. So uh, a fair amount of sunshine through Saturday. Sunny is going to be cloudy. And uh, Monday, isolated thunderstorms come in. So all, all in all, for the weekend, not bad. Yeah, the problem is, yeah, Monday's trick-or-treat night, isn't it? Well, maybe it'll, it's 30%. That's not too bad. So you might have to be trick-or-treating with an umbrella. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Whether you're looking to spin your fall courtside or greenside, Ironwood Golf and Country Club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle with no initiation fee required. Remember, if you're headed to the beach, pack your clubs because Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort and Compass Point Golf Club and Magnolia Greens Golf Club nearly uh, located near Wilmington. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. Join in the fun at Ironwood today, a part of the Renaissance Golf Group. So talking about the Herschel Walker situation, it's interesting to note that a new survey out, I mean, we're just having surveys coming out of our ears. This is done not by a conservative organization, though. This is out of USA Today. According to USA Today and their survey, 40% of Hispanics and 21% of blacks are backing the Republican Party. The issue of inflation and the feeling that the White House hasn't done enough to address it 
is helping Republicans score significant inroads amongst Hispanic and black voters, both demographic groups that Democrats have long relied on for support, according to USA Today. For context, in 2020, Trump earned 12% of the black vote and 32% of the Hispanic vote. If the USA Today numbers prove true, it's lights out for the Democrat Party come election night. Again, I'm not saying things can't switch back and forth. And again, I will say this. You're seeing more and more black men and women realizing how the Democrats have been lying to them for decades. And black conservatives are the most conservative people I know. In the generic vote, voters have switched preferences since the last time USA Today polled this question in July. Today, the Republican Party is up by four uh, points, 49% to 45%. Back in July, the GOP was down four points, 44 to 40%. Now, it's not just, when it comes to black Americans, it's not just the inflation and the economy. Uh it's a lot more than that. One of the big things is these cities. I mean, how many blacks live in these cities that are controlled by the Democrats and they're seeing their sons and daughters in danger just to go outside of the house, just to walk to school? In New York City, you can't get on the subway. Somebody's going to push you on the tracks in front of a train. You know, the other thing, too, is, I mean, they act as if the mainstream media and Democrats act, they're so demeaning and so patronizing to black Americans. They act as if, oh, you poor people can't possibly survive without us. I mean, so many of the things they do from voter ID that, oh, you black Americans, you can't possibly go out and get an ID. I mean, they just say racist thing after racist thing. I've got, you've got to believe that after a while, black Americans are saying to themselves, enough is enough. We're leaving the party. I mean, they, they are constantly lying. I mean, consider just in this last couple of years, I consider in this election, them telling us that mainstream media and the Democrats telling us, oh, Fetterman's fine. John Fetterman's fine. Uh, by the way, um, Fetterman is not fine. <laughs> He's not fine in the polling either. Uh, where is that story? Um, yeah, Uncle Fester Fetterman is going down. Uh, Pennsylvania Democrat nominee for Senate John Fetterman had a disastrous debate performance Tuesday night. We talked about that. Uh, even his defenders are now conceding not too good. Uh, so with his campaign floundering and unable to lead in polls outside um, uh, less than two weeks ago before the election day, um, this is what he's going to do to to shore himself up. Now, and this tells you how much trouble Fetterman is in. Remember, less than two weeks ago, Biden went up to campaign with Fetterman. Fetterman didn't even want to be seen on the same stage with Joe. Now, Fetterman has asked Joe and Kamala to come up to Philadelphia to campaign for him. That's that's how much trouble he's in. 
I mean, th- this is a, des- a, a desperate man grasping at a life preserver going down for the third time. He thinks that's going to help him. I don't think so. But you have the Fetterman hoax. Oh, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, right. You have the Russian collusion hoax. You have the hands up, don't shoot hoax. You have the Jesse Smollett hoax. You have the Covington kid hoax. You have the global warming hoax. You have Trump trashes the troops hoax. You have police and policemen killed at mostly peaceful January 6th protest hoax. You got the Rittenhouse hoax. You got the border agents whipping immigrants hoax. You got hoax after hoax after hoax after hoax. People can read the news. People can see the news. People can go find their news elsewhere. They don't. They, why do you think the New York Times is practically bankrupt? People aren't buying it. People aren't buying Facebook. Why do you think Facebook went down so dramatically? People aren't buying it. And that's great news. It's not good news if you're progressive. It's not good news if you're a liberal. And I'm not saying the war is over. It's never going to be over. It's, this is going to be a constant battle from here to Lord Jesus comes back. But right now, it's some good news just prior to, prior to the election. Yeah, Uncle Fester's going down. Sorry, Uncle Fester. Uh, by the way, there's a new poll out in addition to the other polls we've talked about. A Mars poll released yesterday in the Ted Budd-Sherry Beasley race. They had Bud up 49% to 45%. Now, uh, the good news is the Civitas poll had Bud up 43, uh, 47 to 43. This is 49 to 45. Again, a four-point margin. Uh, East Carolina University gave the widest margin, 50% to 44%. But again, if you're Ted Budd, you've got to be fairly pleased with these numbers coming out that uh, poll after poll shows you're in pretty good shape. I, have you, you remember that story that came out? I, we mentioned it on the air in passing. It came out several weeks ago of a transgender volleyball player in high school spiking the the ball over the net, jumps up. You know, had some huge leap, jumps up, spikes the ball right into a young lady's, a high school girl's face, knocks her down, um, literally just a, a hard spike right to her skull. She's out for the season. She had to come out of the game. I don't know how badly hurt she is. Education First Alliance, Sloan Rockmoth, has an article out today talking about that. I, I didn't realize that actually happened out in western North Carolina the Highland School in Macon County, and the Hiawassee Dam High School in Cherokee County. They were playing each other when this happened. Uh, There are a lot of people upset today because that same biological male who walked onto the court as a male, identifying as a female, fortunately, it sounds like this young lady is going to fully recover. She might not ever play volleyball again. But uh, this guy has now posted a highlight video that he's sending to college coaches saying, consider me to be on your volleyball team because look how high I can jump. And he actually shows the shot of him spiking the ball right into this girl's face as a reason to come recruit him for your woman's volleyball team. This is reprehensible. By the way, it was in November of 2021 
that Lambda Legal filed a lawsuit against the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services on behalf of a 17-year-old boy, same guy, who was angry with the department that they required proof of a sex change operation to change his birth certificate. In June 2022, the uh, North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services Director Cody Kinsley entered a judgment with plaintiffs. In other words, he sighed with a young man. Um, and I think Cody Kinsley is, uh, yeah, there's some questions about him as well. Uh, now boys can correct their sex designation on their birth certificate simply by submitting a note from a mental health worker to the vital records department at the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services. So this is what ultimately allowed him to play on the uh, girls' softball on the girls' volleyball team and knocking this girl out. A poll shows that 67% of Americans oppose allowing biological males to participate in girls' and women's athletes, athlete, athletics, I should say. 20 states are suing the Department of Education over the new rules. Nine states have passed legislation pers- um, preserving women's sports. 37 states have introduced such legislation. So far, there has been proposed legislation in the North Carolina House. Tim Moore has yet to bring it up for a vote. I, I, I will give Tim the benefit of the doubt that he didn't want that controversy knowing that, and, and it's true, Cooper would veto it, and they do not yet have a veto-proof majority. Another reason to vote Republican in two weeks. Get the veto-proof majority, and my hunch is this will go through. Hey, let's play a little political trivia, shall we? Five six one eight two five five. Your category, Americana. Good question. Great prize package. Trivia, 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 political trivia. When we get back, give us a call. 561-8255, area code 252. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back in. Political trivia, 561-8255. Got a good question, a good prize package, which includes a free oil change for your car or pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, a gift certificate to the Ironwood Golf and Country Club, a $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden, delicious baked from scratch goodies, all kinds of goodies, a $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner, Located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, U.S. 70 West in Havelock. A gift certificate from Fit for Life, including two free training sessions with a fitness coach. First up, from Jimmy. From Jimmy. From Greenville. <laughs> it is Jimmy. From Jimmy, it's Greenville. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> right here. Right here. All right. Your category is Americana. Here's your question. In 1893... Catherine Lee Bates wrote what almost became our national anthem, America the Beautiful. However, Bates did not originally entitle this piece America the Beautiful. What was the original name that Bates gave to this iconic song? Oh, say, can you see? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that is a good guess. Oh, it's in the right zip code, but that's not it. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> Think about it. Give us a call back. 561-8255. Let's go to Don in Winterville. Hey, Don. 
Hello. Did you hear the question? Would you like me to repeat it? Please repeat it. All right. In 1893, Catherine Lee Bates wrote the what almost became our national anthem, America the Beautiful. However, Bates did not originally entitle this piece America the Beautiful. What was the original name that Bates gave to this iconic song? Well, you got me. I'm shooting in the dark here today. Uh, how about United We Stand? Good guess. Not it. Maybe it's time for a hint. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go to Ray in Winterville. Hey, Ray. Please a hint. <laughs> Okay, you, you you know the question, right? We're looking for the original uh, name uh, of America the Beautiful that, that Bates gave. I it. do. Okay. Here's your first hint. The original title is named after something that would literally take your breath away. Uh, my country magazine. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I think this is the first time we've caught Ray. <laughs> Ray usually, Ray is a walking I, I encyclopedia. Had, I hadn't played, had played a long time, so I thought I'd give it a shot. <laughs> hey, Ray, thanks for calling. Good to hear back from you. 561-8255. Maybe we need another hit, huh? 561-8255. Is this too hard? Suddenly suddenly the phones have stopped ringing. I'll, I'll give you a hint. The next caller that calls in, I'll give you another hint, okay? 561-8255. In 1893, Catherine Lee Bates wrote what almost became our national anthem, America the Beautiful. However, Bates did not originally entitle this piece America the Beautiful. What was its original name that Bates gave to this iconic song? We have Rob on the line. Hey, Rob. Hey. Uh, you... Mike's Peak. That's it! You didn't need the other hint. That is it. The original name that Bates gave to her poem was the thing that inspired her to write this magnificent piece, Pike's Peak. Where are you calling from, Rob? Greenville. All right, Rob in Greenville. Hang on the line. Did you know that? Uh, was, are you a uh, aficionado when it comes to Americana songs? No, I have to say I Googled that one. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. All Why right. Why would I take a test? <laughs> Rob, hang on there, and uh, Clark's going to get your info. Stay with us. I'll be right back. Your drive at five and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk ninety six point three and one zero three seven. Interesting stories out of Arizona. First of all, Project Veritas has uh, just within the last hour released a story. Mark Kelly, who is uh, running to uh, hold his uh, Senate seat was questioned by Veritas journalists. Now, obviously, Veritas goes in undercover, and Mark Kelly didn't realize they were journalists with uh, Veritas. But they they questioned him over his stance on abortion and immigration. Campaign staff told Volunteer to lie to voters about his official position on key issues. My position is pretty clear. I support a woman's decision. So apparently, and there's video out. I have not seen the entire video. This just came out. But apparently there's video out, you know, reinforcing or verifying that this uh, came out of the uh, campaign's people within the campaign to lie about where he stands on key issues. So if that gets out, uh, not good news for the uh, Mark Kelly 
campaign. Red State is reporting local media outlets in Arizona broke the news yesterday that the campaign headquarters for the Democrat gubernatorial nominee Katie Hobbs had been broken into sometime late Monday night. Bottom line is Hobbs' campaign comes out and strongly, strongly insinuates, along with the Arizona Democratic Party, that uh, Carrie Lake is to blame for the burglary. Now, they didn't say she broke into it or her campaign broke into it, but they tried to bring this up as if, well, the thing she has said has caused this. And uh, Carrie Lake, very brilliant, came out and said, sounds like Jesse Smollett to me. I mean, and it does. Again, this typical October surprise stuff is getting so old and so tiring and and so inept. I mean, nobody believes it anymore. By the way, there was an individual arrested for the breaking in, and it sounds like, and the other thing that uh, Carrie Lake said is, I don't even know where the campaign headquarters is. Nobody does. It doesn't exist. She doesn't campaign. An arrest has been made uh, by an individual. They think it was just breaking and entering. Again, more polling out. The latest polling from the midterm battleground Arizona shows Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake surging in the final days of her campaign against Katie Hobbs. According to new numbers from Fox 10 Insider Advantage poll, Lake is now 54% compared to Hobbs' 43% 11-point advantage. So there's another election going in the right direction. How about ending with a couple of good stories? Maybe you've heard about this, maybe not. Uh, there are actually, and you know, this is the positive news. And, and again, a lot of this will, I'll give credit where credit is due, goes to Donald Trump. And I'll even give some credit to Mitch McConnell to get all these federal judges passed when he was the... Uh, president of the Senate and, and the, the Supreme court of the United States, the conservative Supreme court of the United States is actually why this next story happened. A high school football coach who was fired for praying with students at games will return to the grit iron four months after the Supreme court issued a landmark ruling in his favor. Joe Kennedy will be reinstated as the head coach of the Bremerton High School football team in Washington State, according to court documents filed Tuesday. The filing comes after the Supreme Court in June ruled 6-3 on ideological lines that the school district had violated his right to exercise his religion freely when it fired him for praying after football games. Kennedy was first relieved of his duties back in 2015. He sued claiming Bremerton School District had fired him in violation of his First Amendment right to freedom of religion, beginning a protracted legal battle with the district that culminated with the June High Court's ruling in his favor. Quote, respect for religious expression is indispensable to life in a free and diverse republic. Whether those expressions take place in a sanctuary or on a a field and whether they manifest through the spoken word or a bowed head. Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote in the majority opinion. He goes on to say, here a government entity sought to punish an individual for engaging in a brief, quiet, personal religious observance, doubtly protected by, uh, doubly protected by the free exercise and free speech clause of the First Amendment. And the only meaningful justification the government offered for its reprisal 
rested on a mistaken view that it had a duty to ferret out and suppress religious observances, even as it allows comparable secular speech. So congratulations to Coach Joe Kennedy, who will get his job back starting in March of 2023. Also, CBN News has come out with a story. Franklin Graham, I don't even remember this when it happened, but Franklin Graham was supposed to hold a uh, rally, Christian rally, over in Scotland. Now, this isn't the United States court, but over in Scotland back in 2020, the Glasgow Sheriff Court found Graham and his organization, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Enterprise or Association, were discriminated against when Scottish Event Campus, Scotland's largest event space, canceled a 2020 ministry event. Sheriff John McCormick declared Monday in his 280-page ruling he saw no evidence to back the claims used to cancel the event and wrote that the uh, SEC had violated the United Kingdom's 2010 Equality Act when it trumpeted protesters' views and ignored Graham supporters who wanted to see the event unfold. The concern is expressed that there is the potential for Mr. Graham to make homophobic and um, Islamic phobic comments. McCormick said, I found no evidence of that. The judge continued to defend his true problem with the pursuers arise as a result of the religious views of Franklin Graham, which it is sought to categorize by wrenching selected comments made in the past whilst conveniently ignoring contrary comments also made by Franklin Graham. Folks, uh, today was a pretty good day news-wise. I mean, there's a lot of positive things happening. Keep praying. Keep praying for our nation. Keep praying for the world. Pray for a great revival. I mean, if if, uh, Christ does not come anytime soon, we need another great revival because uh, in so many different ways, the world is going in the wrong direction. But God is sovereign, and he can turn things around. Hey, listen, thanks for being with us today. Congratulations to our political trivia winner, Rob Hudson of Greenville. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.